It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, January 31st, 2013. We're glad you're a part of the program and that you're listening tonight. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567 Questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me to my right, your left. Hello, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Good to be with you tonight. We're looking forward to it. What I think might be a, an interesting study. Uh, Actually, in seven and a half years of the virtual Bible study, it's something we've never talked about. We which, never and have that, that's about becoming it. a rare phenomenon because we, yes, we've is. talked about so many things in uh, 400 episodes that we, we've come back over some of the same themes several we've times. We've plowed the same ground a few times. But this is something we haven't talked about before. All right. It's uh, it's game time. It's Super Bowl week. Actually, The I, game. You said the game in your update today. Actually, I think the NFL people are very stingy about who gets to even say Super Bowl. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, advertisers and so forth aren't allowed to use that designation. They can only talk about the big game. They're not allowed to say Super Bowl without yeah. paying a royalty to the NFL. So that, thus you use the same terminology today. I think everybody knows what the big game is yes. this week. You know, so, Anthony's behind the controls. Anthony, you know what the big game is? Or will I get? Am, am I going to get? It's only sued gonna, it only costs you five dollars oh, okay, every time Super you say Super Bowl. It. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny. At work, we were talking about it, and I, I was a, among several people who didn't realize it was this Sunday. I knew it was soon, but I didn't know when. Well, <laughs> well if it go. if it had been. World Cup soccer, you would have been paying attention yeah, to. You're a more soccer fan. Or, or the Stanley Cup. Final. Or Stanley Cup, yeah, in, the, in hockey. That's All right. right. But it is Super Bowl week, and so we. Uh, I've been thinking about this, Jacob, and I, there was a news story that came out this week that said, let's talk about it. Um, the, the the first question we asked was often, well, let's, let's run through our questions. Here's what we're going to be talking about tonight, and then we'll get into it. Okay. We, we sent, as always, these questions out to our update list earlier today. Get on our list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, put me on the list. We'll do it. And you will on Thursday. You'll get an update telling you about our topic for discussion that night and asking some questions for feedback. Here's what we asked today. Okay. Number one, often after a big victory, a star athlete will give credit and thanks to God for the win. Does God have an interest in such things, and is he affecting the outcome of these games? Interesting, and we'll get your thoughts on that. You cued me into a study that shows a lot of people think he might. Yeah, All we're right, going to we'll, get some stats okay. on that here in a minute. Number two, list Bible references to sports activities. Okay. And what, what, what might we infer from such references? Bible no, references to sports, okay. Number three, concerning a Christian's involvement in sports, list the pros and cons of actually participating and lists the pros and cons of being a fan. Now, is that about the pros of pro sports or, or the pro, positives and pos- negatives? Okay, okay, got it. Number four, there are some sports that are, are there, some sports that a Christian shouldn't participate in and or watch and support as a fan. For example, are some too violent? If so, which ones? What about the question of modesty mm-hmm. as it relates to certain sports okay. activities? Should you participate? Should you even watch mm-hmm. because of the modesty mm-hmm. question? 
what considerations might cause, what other considerations might cause a Christian to abstain from certain sports. Okay. And then finally, number five, specifically for Christians who are parents, should they encourage their children to play sports? Yes or no? Why, why not? If yes, what limitations should be in place? Mm, that, there might be a soapbox alert that we need to sound off for that one. Yeah, we might. So, well, me and several others might get on the soapbox okay. there. Right. So we'll see. We can stay tuned for the soapbox. We've got some email feedback. We're looking for more. If you have a, if you have a thought on any of these questions, uh, send us an email, questions at collegeview.com. Call us, 877-381-4567, or yep. get in the chat room. There's several in the chat room already. Uh, we see uh, Josh and Randall, uh, David, and some guests, others who are not logged in. You can log in as a guest, or you can give – what's best is just give yourself a little name there. You can get a, You can set yourself up with a free account. Maybe use and your, you can still be anonymous, but we will know who's talking when you talk if you give yourself a name. Maybe you could you know, put the name of your favorite sports fan there. Yeah, you could say like Eagles fan or, oh, right, or Titans fan or – Joe Namath or something or like that. Go Big Orange yeah. or something. Okay, all right. all right. Guest 100 says this is a good topic. Some members of the church can get very upset if the preacher goes over a second on Super Bowl Sunday or sometimes any football Sunday. Yeah. we got to think about our priorities, and we'll probably get into that. Well, you know, the, the, what, what Guest 100's comment illustrates is that people in our culture are given over to sports, and many who are Christians are very devoted to sports. The, the, I think there's as we ask in our questions, some pros and cons that need to be considered, and we'll talk about those as we go along. Now, Americans are given to it. What about God? Is he a sports fan? Yeah, we ask the question, number one, after a, a big victory, you've, everybody's seen this. You know, they're interviewing the star of the, of the team mm-hmm. after the big mm-hmm. victory, and he wants to give credit to God mm-hmm. for the victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got, uh, let's see here, I had some quotes uh, after the uh, after the '99 Super Bowl, when the St. Louis Rams beat our Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl, the quarterback Kurt Warner was being interviewed right after the game, and he said, "Well, first things first, I've got to thank my Lord and Savior up above. Thank you, Jesus." Mm. So Jesus helped pull off the Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the questions I want to ask, we'll get into this: How are we supposed to feel about that here in Tennessee, since we got beat? Mm-hmm. And the and the St. Louis Rams won that. The Rams were in St. Louis at that time, and not anymore. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yes, they are. They're still I don't there. know. No, no, yeah, they're, yeah, they're there. The I, St. Louis are they, Cardinals. Are they still Rams? Yeah, in the same yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Louis know. Cardinals are in now Arizona, okay, but okay. now it is the St. Okay. Louis Rams. But my my question is, if the people in St. Louis and Kurt Warner feel good that God helped them, what are we supposed to feel? God didn't like us. Mm. There was something wrong with us. Okay. Okay. Uh, then. Uh, just more recently, leading up to this year's Super Bowl, yes, uh-huh. uh, after defeating the New England Patriots in the uh, AFC Championship game, linebacker uh, Ray Lewis, who's mm-hmm. quite a man. I mean, he's he's a good player, but he's got a lot of baggage. Oh, not necessarily uh, a man of God. No. Okay. Uh, actually, he was uh, arrested in a double murder several years ago and oh. got off. Pl- plea bargain. Got off. Oh. Uh, never have felt right about that since, actually. Okay. You know? but, okay. Uh, okay. But anyway, he's he's apparently got now gotten a dose of religion. Okay, good. After that win, he said, God doesn't make mistakes. He's never made one <laughs> mistake. God is so amazing. I'll tell everybody one thing about God's will. You can never see God's will before it happens. You can only see it after, at the end of it. For this to happen this way, to win this game, 
I could never ask for anything else. So God help Ray well, Lewis win that ballgame. We're going to break it off for us there and break it so, on down. Okay. So now what, what's interesting, though, is that's what the athletes do. Probably mm-hmm. the most famous of those is Tim Tebow, yes. who credits God. You know, the quarterback now playing for the Jets, but not for long. Why? Uh, oh, I think they're going to get rid of it. Okay, well, never mind. It's yeah. not a sports show. Uh, but, uh, he, you know, he's famous for giving yeah. God all the credit for winning. Uh they took a poll, um, Public Religion Research Institute, and this was reported on CNN. With millions of Americans set to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday, a new survey finds that more than a quarter of Americans believe that God, quote, plays a role in determining which team wow. wins at wow. sporting event. Over uh, one in four. Over Ask one. if they hmm. believed God believes a role. You know, uh, Excuse me. Ask if they believe God plays a role in who wins. 27% of Americans said yes. Mm. Poll results varied from among regions and religions. 36% said yes in the South, 28% in the Midwest, 20% in the Northeast, 15% in the West. Those in the South, they're the highest percentage, 36%. Yeah. Wow, uh, over one in three. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, Anthony, and, are you one of the three or one I, of the one? I don't, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait till the final buzzer. Okay, so you're you. gonna okay. All right. Uh, last year, right at this very time last year, when Tim Tebow was was helping the Denver Broncos almost make a run to the Super Bowl, they, they yeah. fell a little bit short, but they'd had a a fairly dismal season, and they put Tebow in. He had been playing. Mm-hmm. They put him in to play quarterback, mm-hmm. and suddenly they started winning. I mean, like like they were pulling victories out of the fire i mean it was really okay. s- several weeks in a row there tebow led them to just incredible last minute comeback wins uh-huh. uh and they took uh, a a survey company called pole position p-o-o-p-o-l-l pole position oh i get it they did a telephone telephone survey and 43 percent of people they surveyed believed that divine quote divine intervention is responsible for tebow's success 43 percent almost yeah. one in two 52% of the people in the 18 to 29-year-old age range believe that supernatural powers helped Tebow to win. How many was that? 52%. 50, uh, over one uh, in two. Yeah. Among Hispanic fans, 81% Whoa. of those polled believe God is behind Tim Tebow. Arriba. Wow. What about that? So, I mean, this oh, is not just some, uh, you know, so, sort of quirky little subset of people. Lots of people are believing that God's involved in the outcome of these sporting events. All right, what do you think? 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. The numbers are, are more staggering than I would have ever imagined. People think that God has got his hand in all of this stuff. What do you think? Let us know your thoughts. All right, so uh, uh, let's get some email feedback. Here's yeah. one from Troy in Hendersonville, Tennessee. He said he may not have an interest in the sport itself, but he does in the people playing the sport. Mm-hmm. As Christians, we should consider God a part of all we do, and I believe it beneficial to ask him for safety in all we do, including sports. Okay. We can seek his help in acting as a Christian should, not getting angry when we disagree with calls, showing love toward all oh. involved, so forth, uh, even on the other team, and so forth. Mm. I, I agree with everything that, that uh, Troy says there, but my question is, does he care if Tim Tebow wins? Does he care if Ray Lewis wins? In other words, what's being claimed here is by people who are, are not noted religiously devoted people. Now, Tebow makes a, a claim to that, but a lot, lot of others are making these claims. Is God helping them to win? Is is God, 
you know, behind these victories is, okay. is more the question. I, I agree that God is concerned with every individual and what every individual is doing. Doesn't but I, I would think that, for instance, we're, we're, we're talking about the Super Bowl in the NFL. The, the percentage of faithful Christians in the NFL, if there's any, I'd be surprised. If, there's, if there are any, the, the, the percentage has to be infinitesimally small. Do you think God cares about the NFL? Yeah. Do you think he cares about any individual player yeah. who plays a game in the NFL, whether they win or lose? I, 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 just, I agree with Troy's observations, but I, that's, I, I'm just saying in regards to these specific outcomes, I just can't see it. Thank you for your response, Troy. Ramona in Texas says, of course, God knows who is going to win, but does he really uh, have a great interest in who wins? And does he, uh, and he does not, or he does not really have a great interest in who wins, and he does not affect the outcome of the game. When we pray about the game, we should pray for the health and safety of the players, for example, concussions among football players. A lot of times a player gives uh, the ostentatious motions of giving praise to God and then goes out on the town to get drunk and then get arrested. I'm a big fan of NASCAR, and the players uh, or the prayers they give at the beginning of the race are not for a certain driver to win, but for a safe race and for the drivers and the fans. Hey, that uh, except me. for that. Yeah. It reminds me of the, the, the NASCAR. Our preacher's prayer. We interviewed yeah. that guy on the virtual. Yes, Bibles. we did. Yeah. yeah, you might want to look in the archives for that. Yeah. That's not a prayer you'd want to say. Chris in the UK writes. He said, "I would no." Here's our question: Does God care? Is he interested in who wins a game, and is he affecting the outcomes? I would say no. Chris in UK says, "I would say no." Just think, uh, all of those who use, or I would say, abuse Philippians four thirteen. Of course, that's I can do all things through Christ. Yes. Wouldn't there be a lot of draws? No, uh, and, and uh, but he means a tie. There wouldn't oh, there be yeah, a lot okay. of ties if prayer or God actively affected results. Now, what you got a guy on, I, I see what Chris is saying. There's a guy on this team, and he's praying that God will help him win the game. And there's a guy on, the, and there's a guy on this other team, and he's praying that God will help him win the game. Yeah. So, if God is really answering prayers for these guys, then everything would turn out a draw because. God's going to help them both. Therefore, neither one of them can win. All right, thank you, Chris. Uh, uh, no, he's got a little more. Yep. He says. Uh, then again, yes, in the fact that he can keep people safe and well through it. On a separate point, there is nothing I hate more than a one-man show containing language and material not suitable that ends with, thank you for coming and God bless. So the thanking God for helping you pound your opponents into the ground for an hour is a, a little up there with that for me. Okay. Well, we want to talk a little bit more about that as we go on. I All agree right. with you. Chris in Atlanta says, I do not believe God holds that much interest in the outcomes of sporting ga- sport games. I always do get a chuckle when athletes thank God for helping their team win. I always ponder what the other team did to make God mad at them. Uh, Chris is right on my wavelength well, uh, there. In, you know, in my book, I think that probably every team, the players have done a lot to make God mad at them. But, anyhow, but, but that, that's but at least that, the ones around here. I don't the, that, the question that, that I just think they don't they don't deal with, why did God help that team win? Why did he help that particular athlete do well? Has it, Is he honestly... In favor of them, blessing them, and holding it against the team who loses? Is there something wrong with that team? Are their players worse morally than this team's players? I mean, if God's helping somebody win, then he's also causing somebody to lose. And what's that side of the coin? Nobody ever deals with that. S100 says, if people believe God intervenes in the outcomes of things as trivial as sports games, what is their response to why children are starving around the world or affected by terrible disease? Because does God not feel that those things are worth intervening in uh, and those types of things because he is so busy uh, guiding T- Tim Tebow and maybe he doesn't have time? 
The idea that God cares uh, at all about the outcome of who wins a ball game is lunacy, Guest 100 says. It is, is it a little blasphemous to pray for God uh, to help their team win a game? Do we not have better things to pray for that would better serve God? Yeah. Thank you, uh, Guest 100. I, I have to agree with, with those observations right. for sure. Uh, Josh in the, in the chat room says we have to keep sports in perspective. They must never come before God, whether as a spectator or participant. We're going to get to that, Josh, and I think you're exactly right on that. Too. All right. Let's uh, take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the discussion about our sports, and we want to talk about our involvement in sports. What should a Christian's involvement in sports be? Before we be? get to that, though, we're going to ask the next question we're going to deal with is list Bible, oh, right. references. Ju- list Bible references to sporting activities and what might we infer from those references. And, Ramona, you might be interested in our program from August 4th of, uh, I'm sorry, July 28th of 2011, NASCAR Preacher's Prayer, if you want to. Go back and listen to that for those that was, that was that, And we actually interviewed that guy. I think that was all in the news at the time it happened. A very He's blasphemous got, prayer. Yeah, and we talked to the guy about that. And all right. You can get that interview. All right. Going we'll, to the we'll get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Do you remember when no one would have thought twice about getting the church involved in daycare centers, kindergartens, softball leagues, and youth camps? Are you upset when churches spend more time and money on social programs and recreational activities than on spreading the gospel? Are you tired of seeing congregations with their emphasis in entirely the wrong areas? The College View Church is still preaching the same gospel and practicing the same things that you remember from years ago. They're committed to the idea of speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. Check them out. Visit the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. We may have committed the golden rule to memory, but what we really need to do is commit it to life. The Christian's life is the world's Bible. People tend to use prayer like a spare tire, only for emergencies, when it should be used as the steering wheel. Man, wish I'd said that. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. We're back. We want your comments. 877-381-4567 as we talk about sports in the program tonight. Uh, just in reference to what we were saying, why does God favor one team? Why These people never explain why God favors one team and, and not the other. And Randall in the chat room says the same thing happened during the Civil War. Men of both sides thought God was on their side and that they were doing the will of God. Uh, there were gospel preachers that were loyal to both sides and prayed for both sides. So did that mean God was supporting the North and the South? Obviously not. Okay. All right. So that's the problem. I don't think that's ever dealt with, but we'll move on. We'll move on to the question we ask. What about Bible references to sports activities? Uh, there are some. There are some. Yeah. Uh, Troy uh, mentions 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. I want to read these because we need to get some Bible into this discussion. And So let's actually look at these Bible verses. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Mm-hmm. He mentions Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also... Let me start over. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Well, the writer there in Hebrews and Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, both drawing on that imagery of sports, doesn't condemn sports as a whole, so we could take something from that. Ramona, interestingly, Ramona in Texas referenced the same two. 
Chris in UK referenced 1 Corinthians 9, as we just read, uh, but also one that I thought of, 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable all things, having a promise of life that now is and that which is to come. Yep. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 5, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Interesting. So there's a couple more. Those All right. are good. Chris in Atlanta has those references that we've had before. And also Philippians 3, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So that's, that could be a sports uh, reference there. Okay. All right. All right. Now, what do you infer from the? Uh, what we're saying is there's obviously some. Yeah. And the inspired writers, I, I think quite notably Paul in particular, saw fit to draw analogies from physical sporting activities and make it an application to spiritual things. And it would, he would, they wouldn't draw them in a, in a light like that if it was altogether negative. For instance, Paul wouldn't say, I get drunk to whatever my spiritual thing. You know, uh, as, as those who would get drunk, so am I living my life for God. Or, yeah, as yeah. those who would fornicate, so I'm striving to be what God wants me to be. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't, in other words, you, you wouldn't draw an analogy from something that was inherently sinful. Right. So I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. Okay. That, that would be a, a conclusion to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troy says sports were a part of culture then, and God's people used them as examples and illustrations to teach spiritual truths, just as we can do today. Okay, I think that's fair. All right, Ramona in Texas. Uh, I think she commented. She on did that. not comment. Uh, Chris in UK says uh, we can infer that endurance is important as well as discipline. Mm-hmm. That eternal rewards are more important than temporal ones. So there's a couple of good points, Chris. In other words, Paul was pressing the fact you gotta you gotta finish the race. You gotta you gotta and you've got to be self disciplined uh, in training and mm-hmm. in, in actual performance and the same kind of dispositions are needed toward our spiritual endeavors. Very good. All right. And uh, also that uh, some are more important than the other. As Paul said, if you do it for a physical crown, why would you do it for an eternal crown? Right. Uh, and then uh, Chris in Atlanta says in sports, uh, there are multi- or there is an ultimate goal and prize that everyone strives for and gives their all. We should give our all and strive with all of our mind, strength, and ability to reach our spiritual reward. We should do everything we can to obtain our reward and train daily by studying the word sharing the gospel, and guarding our actions, attitudes, and words. Thank you, Chris. All right, very good. Guest 166 adds another verse from Paul, 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. I'm not sure that... That could be a, a could be. I'm more not sh- uh, reference there, maybe. Um, or, it, yeah, maybe. I'm not... Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be athletic, but it could yeah. be. All right. Yeah. I, I think all those observations are good. I think they're really spot on, in fact. But the... One of the things that I sort of draw from this is, uh, isn't it interesting that as popular as athletic endeavor was in the first century, there are really only a few minor references to it in all of the New Testament. Wait a minute. They didn't. They weren't into sports in the first century. What are you talking about? Oh, of course they were. I mean, the, the, the Olympic Games were well underway by that era. Yeah. The Romans were given over to all kind of sporting events mm-hmm. uh and and so in both the greek and roman cultures which were the strong influences of culture uh in the time of the first century the greeks of course before and the romans at the present time in the first century were were the ones who were sort of generating the culture of the day and athletic pursuits were very uh prominent and important in both those cultures but we we find relatively limited reference to that in the scriptures which 
which I think may be an indicator to us. It's not wrong to know about such things. It's not wrong to be aware, but we shouldn't be just given over to them. I, I agree with that. I would agree with that. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I mean, I think you could take take it too far. I, I don't think we're we're saying from from those observations and those scriptures that you know it would be wrong to be uh, you know to be a fan, a sports fan. Uh, but they certainly could be taken too far. Okay. All right. Uh, should we get into your next question? Yeah, I think we've got a minute. We've got a few minutes here before our halftime break. And, uh, oh, a halftime half break. Ah, halftime. I get it. I We're get going it. to the locker room yeah, at halftime. Uh, but uh, the third question we asked was, now let's let's get to the sort of the meat of the matter. Uh-huh. Sort of the, the this is this is what what really matters to us concerning a Christian's involvement in sports. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about the pros and cons or the positive and negatives of, of actually participating in sport and the pros and cons of being a fan of various sports. What, right. what are we thinking Along about there? Along those lines, Troy says pros of being uh, in participating in sports, an opportunity to set a positive example before others. I was once able to persuade a teammate of mine on my flag football team to attend worship with me. He only came once, but at least he did that. Now I play on a team with other Christians, and we are known as the non-drinking team. Other teams and refs have asked us why we don't drink, giving us an opportunity to teach. Our daughter plays for on a travel soccer team and often her game uh, and often has games on Sundays. She never misses worship for a game, giving us an opportunity to set an example of putting God first. We've had others encourage us by worshiping with us while in town for a sports tournament. Okay, All right. so let's let's just deal with the pros first. We'll get back to some of the cons, uh, and Troy mentioned some of them there. But notice that, that Troy's pros are all toward the fact, and I think it's really good, They're all it's all toward the fact that it gives an opportunity to be in the community mm-hmm. and have an influence for good in the community, maybe even open doors to be able to teach someone the gospel of salvation. Yes. And so uh, that's that's I think that would be, you know, we, we all do. We all do certain recreational things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's normal that we should have some time to relax and recreate. And in the process of that, we have a chance to be around people and influence them for I, good. I hadn't really thought about that, but it is a, 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 a sort of a team-type environment is more opportunity to be with those in the world rather than, I guess, fishing, you know, yeah. sort of not, uh, yeah. you're not good to go. Oh, why aren't you fishing? Why aren't you, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, nobody's going to really. Right. Uh, Anthony, I saw you across the lake there. Why are, why weren't you fishing earlier this morning on Sunday morning? I, right, right. Yeah, be quiet. Come you're, on, Anthony. You're, you're we need you, we, we need you out here fishing with us on, uh, during worship. Yeah, Come right, on. Yeah, right. Be a part of the team. I think yeah. that's a good observation from yeah. Troy. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, he's got some cons. Well, but let's let's, well, you let's say pros. Yeah, you're we're going to deal pros. with the pros. What's the positives of being involved with sports? Uh, I'm not sure I understand Ramona's answer here. She, she lists the pros as endurance, perseverance, training, pursuit of the goal, strength, uh, loss or lose, and physical training. Um, Maybe she's no, saying no. That, she's saying these are uh, things that we lessons we can spiritual lessons we can draw yeah. from the physical yeah. activity. In other words, if it, when I read Galatians six and verse nine that she references, not to be weary and well doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea of being in, uh, enduring to the end. You, you can know, maybe think, you know, I was on that team and we did. We, we used to run races and, you know, you got to finish. you got to right. stay with it to the right. end. Okay. Perseverance, training, self-discipline. You have to be self-disciplined to be a good athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, that self-discipline uh, is needed in, in uh, spiritual pursuits. And so, so 
I think she's she's drawing the, the the lesson. The positive is that you learn some things that might help you make application to spiritual activity in your life. I could, along go, the, I could along, go with that. Along those lines, Chris in Atlanta says, uh, learn the importance of giving your all. Learn teamwork and sportsmanship. Also learn how we should handle loss and setbacks as well as victory. Okay, good job. Uh, appreciate that. Chris. And what about uh, Chris he, in the UK? He, he passed. He passed on that. Okay. Let's take our break. When we come back, what are some of the negatives? Now, we're talking about what's some of the positives about being involved in sports or even being a fan of sports. We've talked about some of the pros. We'll talk about some of the negatives when we get back from this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. The inspired scriptures warn us about holding too high of an opinion of oneself. Notice, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. With this warning in mind, a few observations seem appropriate. First, there's been much emphasis in recent years on the need to elevate self-esteem. It's claimed that a variety of personal issues, ranging from abusive relationships to weight problems, are all linked to low self-esteem. Fix this, and many of the problems will go away, or so we've been told. Yet God's Word indicates just the opposite, that man's problems are most often associated with thinking too highly of himself. While admitting that there are some cases of unnatural and destructive low self-esteem, it seems clear that the real danger for most of us is in an already too high opinion of self. In fact, all of the warnings of God's Word are about the danger of high self-esteem, not low self-esteem. Address this problem, and many of our other issues will melt away. Secondly, too high of a self-esteem is manifested in a compulsive attention to me. When we think too highly of self, we are constantly worried about my needs that are not being met, my interests, my concerns, my opinions aren't being attended to like I think they should, and so forth. Selfishness is the root of many problems, and the modern self-esteem movement has amplified this significantly. And finally, high self-esteem prevents us from developing the humble heart of a servant that God so much desires in us. Our Lord said in Matthew chapter 20, beginning verse 26, Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgardner. My family and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Please join us. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along. And we welcome you back on the program tonight, and we remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We encourage your correspondence. If you have any questions about what we believe or what we practice, and we encourage you to visit with us at your earliest convenience. We're talking about sports on the program tonight and our involvement in them. Is it a positive? Is it a negative? We've talked about some positives. Uh, negatives? First, I got a, a tongue-in-cheek comment from a listener here in Columbia who says, if God was in control, wouldn't the Saints be in the Super Bowl every you gotta year? you got to wonder. I mean, why not? Okay. All right. Yeah. A little, little levity there on yeah. the virtual Bible uh, study. Yeah, that's right. I, I'd hate to be fighting against the Saints. I mean, uh, okay, in the in the chat room, uh, guest 100 lists uh, some benefits of sports: working together with others, learning to work together with others, learning to work toward a goal. I think those are good. Um, he goes on to say, sin sin promoters of viewing this Super Bowl. Now that's what we need to talk about oh, on the oh, becoming a fan. We'll okay, get that. We'll, we'll talk I saw about that, that comment. Yeah. Uh, Joe in the chat room says, while there's nothing inherently wrong with sports, it can lead to sin such as pride and wrath. People that struggle with those attitudes should limit involvement so as to not 
tempt themselves. That's a good point. So that sort of introduces the idea of some of the negatives about sports. Joe is dealing with some of the problems that you might run into. Let's say I got a temper that's on a hair trigger. Yeah. And, man, whenever I get involved in a sporting event with somebody, I always end up in a fight. Yeah. Harsh, ugly words are spoken. I'd be better off to stay out of that environment if I can't control that. That's just like any temptation. Stay away from the thing. If I'm a drunk, I don't go to a bar. Right. If I have a bad temper, I don't get in a, in a game where I'm likely that someone will provoke my bad temper. Stay away from it. Good, good, good point, I think. All right. Uh, Chris, uh, Troy says, sometimes around neg- your ne- around negative influences, bad language and attitudes. Emotions are normally high, making it difficult to control anger and related negative thoughts and actions. So Troy is sort of hit, handing around on those same ideas. Uh, that uh, maybe uh, maybe the emotions could get the better part of you if you don't have control of them. Ramona says uh, well, some cons would be uh, when is practice, when are the games, Do, will they gonna, are they going to interfere with your worship, uh, the violence of the game, the clothing used in the games. Uh, another uh, negative, uh, Ramona says, could be the question of ethics, cheating and using uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And then greed, I guess, uh, if, you were, if, if you're good enough to... <laughs> For anybody to pay you, that's never been a problem for me. Uh, but, yeah, greed could be part of it. Yeah, uh, Chris in Atlanta says, takes a lot of time, can interfere with your duties as a Christian. This is true of any hobby or extracurricular no, activity, true. not just sports. Yeah, okay. All right, then we talked about, okay, so oh, those uh, were. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says well, there, there are a lot of cons. But he's talking about uh, as a fan, I think. Oh, you're right. Okay. So, so what are the okay. pros and cons of, of being a fan of sports? That was the second part of that question. That's good. Uh, that's Troy says, pros, it provides possible contact with other uh, fans, opportunity to influence and teach them that may not be had otherwise. That's true. I mean, yeah, even if you don't, uh, maybe you, you sort of have a bond there. Maybe you could open up a door. That's interesting. Uh, Ramona says, losing a temper, losing your temper no, no, in a no, game, no, foul no. language, missing church okay. for games, losing perspective of what's important in your life, cost to attend. Can this money be put to better use? Probably. Uh, uh, pros, it, is, it can inspire you to be healthy, fun, and, it, and it's fun and exciting. All right, then uh, Chris in UK said there's lots of cons. There's division. I'm a Hearts fan, but at Celtic games. Obviously, remember, yeah, now right. Chris is writing us from the UK, who are traditionally the Catholic side. I cannot sing uh, if I should want to. The hockey hokey, as they uh, see hokey. it, is a mockery of their communion. Huh. Now, there are countless examples of racist, sectarian, sexist, xenophobic chants and song. Mm-hmm. The worst being the Tottenham, who are the Jewish premiership side, having to hear some, uh, from some songs about the Holocaust. There's mm-hmm. also the change. Man, they're way in. They they link their religion with they their are. sports this way is more. Wild. Than UK. Did I you know that? Anthony? Well, yeah. I mean, the the football or soccer over in Europe. They've got it's rife with with problems with racism, uh, you know. So that's a fight waiting stuff. to happen. Happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it does happen occasionally, doesn't? It? Yeah, they've there's been some some really crazy stuff that's gone. On. Well, listen, he goes on. There's the changing of words or meanings to hymns, like Southamptons when the saints go marching in. Because we've got that with the New Orleans Saints here, or the version of Glory, Glory, Hallelujah, re- replacing it uh, with uh, Say Man United or another team. There's the religiosity it is given. There's a phrase in Scottish football, the definition of an atheist in Glasgow is someone who goes to the Celtic Rangers game to watch the football. There's the definition of players, even to the point of, in Argentina, an official religion around the football player, Diego 
Maradona. You know Diego Maradona? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's a good one, isn't he? Don't worship him. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> uh, has been, it's been formed and called Iglesia Maradonia. Uh, and then he get, then he sent us several pictures of T-shirts. Got a picture of one <laughs> soccer player here, and he's he, he's called God. Uh, yeah, if man is five and the devil is six, then God is seven. I don't get that. I don't that. get that one. He goes on. There's just the time consumed in watching it. I like cricket, but over 35 hours to watch a test match is, I guess you would agree, excessive. Oh. Those cricket games, Anthony, they can go on forever, can't they? I, I, I'm not familiar with cricket too much. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> I, I mean, they can go on for days. Uh, Some cricket while. games, yeah. yeah but... There's the second rule of the communist revolution. Get control of all means of publicity. Get people's minds off their government by focusing their attention on athletics, sexy books, plays, and other trivialities. Yes, it is amusement, but if you break that down, muse is to think, so amuse is to not think. Uh-huh. Very good. And then he references Philippians He's 4, got a picture 8. here of a guy, a shirt it looks like, and it, underneath it it says football god. And then St. Paul's Anglican Cathedral in Wellington has been exhibiting a painting depicting a halo Jesus wearing an all-black jersey as he dispenses blessings while clutching a white rugby ball. So, boy, they're getting they're, into it over there. Really, they're really, really That's into ex- that. That's more extreme than you could imagine. That's, I, I thought we were bad. I think they're worse over there. Yeah, Chris uh, in Atlanta says the pros can be, it can be an enjoyable way to relax. And then the cons, you can get too wrapped up in it. Many people spend hours on end watching sports, reading about it, and discussing it. Also can cause you to get too emotional. I know a lot of Christians that can name most every player on their team and how many yards they ran or points they scored, but they could not name all 12 apostles. Very interesting. And um, uh, that was a comment along those lines in the chat room as well. Uh, Guest 100 says, cons of being a fan, sometimes the players can almost become idols to the fan. And Joe says, rivalries can promote strife and hostility toward others. You know, that's one thing. If, uh, if I am an extreme fan of one or the other, you know, maybe I'm an extreme Alabama fan. And I, you know, I put this in everyone's face. Does it cause some hostility towards me that might close? Some, it would. Don't be wearing that Alabama yeah, right. stuff it around could. here. So we're, you might want to maybe you want to claim neutrality, yeah. Anthony. Yes, I think that's the way to go. Okay. All right, real quickly, we got to move on here, Jake. We're going to run out of time. The next question I think is really important: Are there some sports that a Christian shouldn't participate in and watch and support as a fan? For example, are some too violent? What about the question of modesty? as it relates to certain sports activities, and what other considerations might cause a Christian to abstain. All right. Uh, so in the chat room, uh, let's hear your thoughts on that or give us a call. What do you? Are there some sports that we ought to just, you know, probably not be involved in? I I, I think I can think of some. I mean, I, I, I like sports. I like to watch sports. I, I like to watch football and basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, are there some sports that maybe should be off limits? Could I suggest, for instance... Beach yes. volleyball. Okay. All right. You know, here, here we got women in incredibly scanty attire mm-hmm. jumping around on a volleyball, sand volleyball right. Right. Uh, court. That's not something I need to be watching no. as a Christian. No, no. Uh, and that's not the only thing you don't need to be watching. No, there's, and there's other examples. And so what do you think? Anthony, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, at, growing up as a kid, I, we always watched uh, the Olympics. You know, the summer, I remember Mary Lou Retton, I think that was 1984. I was a tiny kid, but 
Uh, but anyway, it was it was just something we always had on. But of course, the big events were the gymnastics, the diving, the swimming. The, 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 the swimmers <laughs> couldn't. The, in particular, the male swimmers couldn't possibly wear less. Right. So, you know, it's just I, I don't see how you could really justify get, gaining entertainment from from watching folks, you know, who are essentially if, naked. If so, I mean, you could justify going to the Roman games where they were completely naked. Yeah, the Greek games. The, the Greek, Greek, the Greeks, Greeks okay. were, yeah. Um, uh, Troy uh, in Hendersonville, Tennessee, said, "Are some too violent?" He mentions boxing, MMA, et cetera, mixed martial arts, and so forth, where well, the main object about, uh, is to hurt we're, someone. We're, we interviewed a preacher all, who see, was it's in all the, coming around here. Yeah, mixed martial arts. Yeah. I, I got a quote here. You got to, you got to, I got to tell you this. This was from an article on CNN.com. Rich Franklin cornered the man who challenged him and launched a looping kick that caught him on his jaw. The man's face flushed red and his knees wobbled. Franklin moved in, pounding his opponent with haymakers until he collapsed, grimacing. Franklin, an ultimate fighting championship middleweight, had just scored another victory. The chiseled fighter took the ringside microphone and faced the roaring crowd. I want to say thanks to God. All praise to him. He said, and then he bowed and folded his hands in prayer as his groggy opponent was led aside, uh, led outside the, the ring. Uh, so, you know, what about that? I mean, some of these sports are particularly bloody and violent. Now, I, 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 there's some judgment. In that. Some people think football's too violent to be watched, and and you could make an argument maybe for that. I, I think that's that's maybe borderline. But that MMA stuff, I mean, that's brutality for sure. Why would we take pleasure in seeing someone beat his opponent into a bloody pulp? Yeah. Uh, Ramona says mixed martial arts. She's, she, in parentheses, says the sport that is in a cage. That's uh, that pretty much sums it up. Any sport where you would try to harm the other says one that uh, Ramona that you should avoid. All right. Uh, and uh, Chris in Atlanta, I think, uh, responded. Uh, boxing and UFC wrestling are just. A- uh, and what about Chris in UK? Did no he- response from Chris in the UK. Okay. Now. What about some of these others? Uh, for instance, what about the question of modesty? Uh, Troy says, um, uh, should I be concerned about modesty? And he's pointing this. Troy says, definitely, this can especially be a problem when it comes to the Olympics and the immodest dress that is associated with so many sports broadcasts with it. I was proud of my daughter recently when I mentioned something about playing volleyball, and she said, have you seen what the girls who play volleyball wear? Well, most adults where I occasionally play volleyball, I assume, don't dress that way. The norm now, at least in schools of all levels, is for girls to wear extremely short, short and tight shorts. So uh, kudos to Troy's daughter for realizing yes. that that would be something that she couldn't participate in. Uh, we need to t- be teaching our kids that. You know, I'm concerned that there are some parents who would say, well, it's okay for this sporting event. Why is it okay if you're engaged in sports to wear clothes as a Christian to wear clothes that you wouldn't wear any other time because in in any other setting you would say that's immodest. Right. Why does the fact that you're engaged in a sporting activity make it okay? I, I heard uh, of a preacher who did a lot of running, and people around town would see him out running in short runners shorts and no shirt. Really? And he was and he a preacher. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, but I mean, it'd be wrong for a preacher or anybody else address that way why, why is that okay if that would not be appropriate and would be considered immodest in another setting i don't see that the circumstances of what you're doing affects the decision about what's modest and what's not josh says cheerleading is another thing to stay away from for the same reasons okay. and uh 
unfortunately, there have been Christian parents who've pushed their children into that. Yeah. Yeah, or, or you know, quote-unquote Christian schools that, you know, have cheerleading squads that look just like yep. all the other cheerleading squads. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I think all those are good observations. We got anything else in email, Jacob, that we didn't catch? I don't think so. Uh, we've got some uh, some things here um, uh, from, uh, let's see, I've got I've got to get this one in. Guest 100, send promoters of viewing the Super Bowl. Expo- uh, exposure to scantily clad women dancing provocatively. Constant advertisements of consuming alcohol. Wardrobe malfunction at halftime shows. Sometimes violence breaks out in the fan and uh, in the fans in the parking lots, even to the point of people being killed, and vulgar language. All right, so here's the Super Bowl coming up. And yeah, what, what he do? says, we got to take we got to take that to heart. What he says, you know, what, some people watch the Super Bowl just to see the ads because you know the the big the big advertisers really put a lot of money right. and a lot of energy into having the best Super Bowl ads. A lot of them involve immodesty. The best ones, as far as sort of the humor associated with them, typically are promoting things that we shouldn't even consider, like drinking beer and so forth. So uh, uh, it, it's a problem. I mean, uh, it, it's just, it's hey, just we, silly to All think right, that let's that's ask the question. Issue. We need to go to a break, and we'll go, we'll go to the top of the hour. What, what point would you say we're not watching the Super Bowl because of this? I mean, oh, okay, uh, well, if they break in once every once, a, once during the program and somebody's not properly dressed, you can say that's too much. Uh, is it once every five or ten minutes they break in? How much is too much? When do you say we're just not watching? Well, again, we're going to say there's judgment. There's judgment, in, but and, maybe but, we can comment on has, that in the chat room. But it has to be taken into consideration. It does need to be considered. Okay. All right. We're going to go to the top of the hour after this. We're going to be racing against the buzzer to get your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. Do you remember when churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected a thus saith the Lord? Remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? The College View Church is still striving to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Researchers at the University of Wisconsin at Madison found that people who frequently attend church are happier than those who attend less frequently. They conclude that this happiness comes from building friendships in a close-knit social circle around common religious beliefs. Those who attend church frequently and have at least three to five close friends there said that they were extremely satisfied with their lives. That percentage jumps to 40% for frequent churchgoers who report having 11 or more close friends at church. Tragically, 15% of frequent churchgoers reported having not one close friend at church. According to the survey, friendless churchgoers are less happy than those who are not religious and do not attend church at all. That information via Christianity Today. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. Uh, and we're back on the program tonight as we talk about sports. And uh, what are some things that Christians should, shouldn't participate in or watch or support as a fan? You know what are what? some examples? There was, there was some, I had a couple other notes that I was going to mention, and they were sort of touched on by some of the comments we already had. One is, if I'm going to be involved in a sport, either to participate or 
this to watch. I've got to think about the cost of involvement in both money and time, in lost opportunities to do other things. I mean, we shouldn't just blindly watch. We shouldn't just blindly participate without thinking that there is a cost associated with that. Anthony's got to come. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I saw that. He was warming up. He was in the bullpen. Well, I was going to say, I think we made reference that I'm a hockey fan, and in years past I played hockey, and that is an extremely expensive sport to play, I guess because the ice is at such a premium. There's usually only one sheet of ice around, and everybody wants to use it. But expensive, and the games were at like 11, 11.30 p.m. because, as I said, there's usually only one ice rink in a large area, and they've got all these people that need to use it. So that was definitely a concern. I had to kind of give it up. It was like, this is too expensive, and it's taking up too much. Well, part of that problem there is that you're living in the south, and you're playing a northern sport. When you lived up in South Dakota, you could have had easier access to play. Well, you would think, but actually it was the same thing. Was it really? Yeah, in the middle of the night we were playing. Wow. All right. Uh, so cost in time, cost in money, uh, got, got to take that into consideration. I also had in my note influence. Is my involvement, even as not maybe as a participant or even as a fan, is my involvement going to hurt my influence? If people know that I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, pro wrestling, yeah, you mean, know, people are going to say that guy he's an absolute idiot. You know, the, you know, he's a fan. He claims to be a godly person, and yeah. he's watching that. So, track. so I got to think about my influence. Then also, I got to think about, and I think Troy mentioned this in his email. I got to think about the fact that if I'm, especially as a participant or even as a fan, I'm going to be in association with some people who may have a negative impact on me. Their example might be bad on me. I might learn bad things from them, bad language, bad practice, and so forth. That's got to be considered. All right. Good. Uh, right. Guest 100 asked the question, can we let kids play sports with the game being cheered with cheerleaders? Is that not us giving kids maybe the wrong message? Possibly. Possibly. And uh, Josh has responded to my challenge on uh, the Super Bowl. A lot of times we are too, too loose with our standards. We expose ourselves to far too much sin and think it will not affect us in any way. Remember 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it does not matter how strong we think we are. Bad company corrupts good morals. You get That's, desensitized, there's no yeah, doubt about that, oh that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, you would be desensitized to such a point that if the cheerleaders are wearing not as much of a revealing outfit as the other, you say, oh, well, that's good. Yeah. They're not, it's they're still not immodest, but it's not right. as immodest oh, but, as the yeah, other well, team. Well, they're doing good. They've got, they've got, yeah, they've got them better outfits. So. All right. All right, last question we got to get to. We're just going to run out of time, and I think it's an important one. For, for Christians, for parents, should they encourage their kids to play sports? You've got kids coming up, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, you going you going to encourage uh, your little ones to play sports when they reach an age? Of course, when you were kids, we got you involved in some sporting activities. Uh, you guys did baseball and running, cross country and track. Mm-hmm. But baseball baseball is a pretty good sport because it's not violent. And you don't wear immodest clothes to play baseball. You can't. You're going to skin yourself up too much when you slide into second base. And so we didn't have to worry about that. But we did have to worry when you all were, were running track and cross country mm-hmm. because typically runners don't wear enough clothes. Right. So we had to make some modifications there uh, in, in order to make sure that modesty was maintained. Right. 
So, okay. you know, what are you going to do with your kids? What did our emailers say? Well, Troy says, yes, it, we should encourage our children to play sports. If, it, if for the purpose of children getting needed exercise, learning sportsmanship, being a positive example before others, etc., it can provide contacts for teaching and influence, influencing that could not be gained otherwise. Uh, no, we should not let our kids uh, be involved in sports if it is for the parents uh, living their dreams through their children, if they are allowed uh, to hinder one's relationship Watch with out. God. Watch out here. Soapbox time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Troy's, uh, w- when he said parents living their dreams through their children, I think the word for that is vicariously, living vicariously mm-hmm. through your children. Mm-hmm. And, man, does that happen way too much. You know, uh, you know, Jacob, when we were involved in Little League Baseball, some of the you, you would think that some of the parents imagined that the outcome of this little league baseball game that, that the whole the, the the world hinged on whether or not this you know turned out in favor of their son's team. Yes. Uh, the fact of the matter is, by this time next week, that game long since forgotten. Yeah. The chance of any single player in that whole little league network ever making it to to play professional baseball is effectively zero. Right. You know. This, this is supposed to be recreation, but some parents get so wound up in it that they're definitely teaching their kids a wrong lesson. They're sacrificing their children's spiritual well-being and their spiritual future for a very, very slim chance that anything could ever happen. You'd, that, think, you'd think that some of these t-ball players, you'd think that, that the Atlanta Braves are already scouting them, right, you know, for, right. you know. And it's just crazy how parents act. Get their perspective all out of whack. Yeah. Uh, Ramona says, yes, we should allow our children's to, children to participate uh, for the same reasons that uh, she says it would be all right for us to participate. But they should be sure the child does not get caught up in the, uh, in the negative things about the sports. And it should, should not be a conflict with his or her Christian life. All right. Uh, Chris in, in Atlanta says, I don't have a problem with it as long as it will not interfere with church or school. My daughter played softball, but it was understood up front. If grades suffered, she would quit, and she would not miss church for sports. I guess this addresses the second part of the question as well. It can be very time-consuming, so you really need to monitor that and ensure other more important duties are not neglected. David in the chat room says we need to teach our kids to keep their priorities straight. And that I would add that is one positive thing about sports because that was a, a, a priority with you is that we kept our priorities straight, and that made, it, that it made an impact on us as children. To realize that uh, that God's got to come first. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is or what how important it may seem. God has got to have the preeminence. I, I remember when you were playing Little League, Jacob, we would, uh, and unfortunately there were Wednesday night games. Mm-hmm. And so I would leave you in the game until the very last minute. The rest of the family would already have gone on to church. And at the last minute, I'd jerk you out of the game. You'd change your clothes in the back seat of the car on the way to the church building so that we would be there on time. Now, the coach of the team didn't much like that. And, and so we took some heat because of that. But And I, I even had a Christian criticize me for that, said you just shouldn't go, you shouldn't be involved at all. But I actually thought it served as a, a an object lesson, a chance to teach, we'll play ball when we can, but we're going to go to church when it's time. It, it taught the lesson, and it was very good, and I appreciate you for doing that. And I, as I recall, you also got involved with the league. Uh, yeah, so that later, you could, later uh, I coached. Okay. Later I coached, and when we got around to the, uh, you know, the season was coming around, and they had the big coaches meeting. They were talking about teams and players and you know, the, sort of the draft and the, the schedule. I said, I just raised my hand and said, I gotta, I gotta say something here. I said, uh, I don't know if you're going to have games on Wednesday night or not. I'd recommend not. 
But if you are, you're going to have to schedule me and my team not to play on Wednesday night because I won't be here. And as soon as I said that, all the other coaches chimed in and said, I just don't even think we should play on Wednesday night. And that year, we didn't have any Wednesday night games. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. Chris in Georgia says, I don't have a problem with it as long as it will not interfere with church or school. My daughter played softball. Oh, I got that one. I got you that got that one. Yeah, got that all one. right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Now, what about limitations? I asked what limitations should be in place. Uh, and I, th- this all goes to David's comment in the chat room. you got to teach kids to keep their priorities in, in line. Uh, Troy says, God first, period. Know before the first conflict rises. And I think that's so key, Troy. I think you're on it. Spot on. Know before the first conflict arises what you will do when a game conflicts with worship or some other spiritually significant event. In other words, don't wait until it's the playoffs and my son's the starting pitcher on the all-star team and they're really counting on him, but the game is Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. What am I going to do now? No, that decision should have been made before we even signed up to play ball. This will not interfere. I think Troy's right on it. He also says only one sport at a time. Or at least a limit of some kind on how much time and money can be committed to sports at a time. Like with anything else, without limits, they will control us instead of us controlling them. Very Thank good you, thoughts, Troy. Troy. Appreciate that. And uh, Ramona says, be vigilant in all things. So you got to be on guard. And uh, appreciate that, Ramona. Chris in Atlanta says, I mentioned some limitations above when he was talking about uh, priorities. But he says, from my own firsthand observations, the parents behaved much worse than the kids playing the game. I was downright embarrassed for the kids on many occasions. Amen to that. I, I remember when I was coaching your little league ball teams, Jacob. I, I even made a proposal that parents be banned from attending the game. That games. one didn't go over too good. That didn't work, but okay. it, I think it'd be a good idea. All right, and uh, Chris in the UK says God is to be first. Any glory goes to Him. Services become come before the game, never uh, the other way around. I think we're all on board about that. I think everybody who's participated in the virtual Bible study tonight has has sort of been on the same page. First of all, as we said, sports are not inherently bad. And it's not wrong for Christians to know about them and be involved in them, both as a participant and as a fan of them. But they all have to be kept in perspective. And I, I, I mean, that's the answer we knew was coming when we started this discussion. But it just needs to be emphasized because... Sports have become increasingly more and more popular in our culture, and we've got to keep them in right perspective. All right. I appreciate all our listeners tonight. I think we could uh, conclude that our, our listeners hit it out of the park when they gave us their They answer. hit a home run. They, they threw a perfect game. Perfect game. Yeah, it was great. Uh, good uh, good discussion. Anthony, your final. A hole-in-one. A hole-in-one. Hole uh, they, they, they went for the distance. Yeah, yeah. It's a good program and a good topic. And, um you know, a lot of things to consider. I think we just have to be careful. So, Anthony, we're going to be watching you when the Stanley Cup rolls around. That's Make right. sure that you're not missing services to watch the games. Well, uh, you know, the the NHL is lucky to have me even as a casual fan after canceling half the season. That's you right. See, so. and, I, but I, and I don't think there's any danger that our Nashville Predators are going to be in the Stanley Cup. I don't think so. Probably not. Well, uh, we've, we've got some things to think about. And yeah. it's, uh, we've, as every aspect of our life, we need to make sure that it's in harmony with God's Word. Right. Great. Thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Anthony, for being on Behind the Board tonight. Thanks. Glad to be here. And thank you for being on the other end of the line. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.